0: Welcome to Timeless Truth with Pastor Jim Thomas, a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. As you're considering your plans for this new year, we wanted to let you know TBC will be embarking on a Journeys of Paul tour, July 7th through 16. We'll step into history and walk where the Apostle Paul walked as we visit Philippi, Athens, Corinth, Ephesus, and many other meaningful locations. This tour will bring the scriptures to life with worship services and Bible studies with Pastor Jim. You can learn more at thevillagechapel.com slash tour. This week, we continue our study of the gospel of Mark. Now,
1: here's Pastor Jim. So if you could have coffee with one person from all of Mark's gospel that we've read about here, besides Jesus, one person, and you could have coffee with him, who would that be? Well, for me, somewhere near the top of the list would be the guy we're going to read about today. Um, His name is Bartimaeus, and I think some of you probably would know his name and maybe even know the story that I'm going to read you from Mark chapter 10. It is in verses 46 through 52. I love this story. Listen carefully as I read it for you. They came to Jericho, and as he, Jesus, was going out from Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. That's what Bartimaeus means, son of Timaeus. Um, he was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he began crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him here. I wonder what that moment. I mean, that there had to be a, a, a very pregnant pause right there in the in a hush that came over the crowd. What is going to happen? What, whoa! Why is Jesus stopping for this guy? You know that whole thing. So Jesus says, "Call him here." And and by the way, what's Bartimaeus thinking when he hears, "Call him here"? I mean, hope is stirring, is rising in his heart. I'm sure, right? So they called the blind man, now this crowd that had been shushing him, now because Jesus has called him here, they called to the blind man and they said, take courage, rise, he's calling for you. It's interesting how I suppose the crowd just wants to look good in Jesus' eyes there, right? And so he cast aside his cloak, he jumped up, and he came to Jesus. That's what verse 50 tells us and I imagine I would do that as well if I had been blind don't know how long he's been blind probably for a number of years would be my guess maybe since birth maybe maybe since uh, in his infant you know uh, infant years or maybe as a toddler I don't know um, we're not told that's not the point but he does jump right up he does throw aside his cloak that he had been sitting on collecting alms in, that had been his blanket at night when he slept. And he came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said this, What do you want me to do for you? Which I think is, I love the questions of Jesus. I I think it would make an interesting book for somebody to write, The Questions of Jesus. Um, We would think this would be a pretty obvious answer, And it is, but I love that Jesus goes on and asks the question anyway. He wants to make sure we all get this straight. Because one of the purposes of Mark's gospel, and certainly several of the purposes of Jesus' miracles, is to get us to deal with the question, who is Jesus? And um, the miracles especially are um, displaying his power and authority. They're revealing his compassion, they're affirming his identity, and they're um, they're arousing curiosity, and they're inspiring worship. And that's what happens here, as we will soon see. Just a couple of verses. Um, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked, and the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that means, that means rabbi, teacher, um, I want to regain my sight. And uh, the word in the Greek there could be, um, regain or to receive either one. It's a. It, it could have been interpreted either way. Again, not sure how long he had been blind, whether it's, I want to receive sight for the first time or recover. Um, I, I, I lean in the direction of recover, but I'm not really sure, to be honest. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And here's what Mark says. This is powerful. And immediately, he, Bartimaeus, received his sight. And began following him on the road. All right, so there's so much here. I mean, it's really powerful. I love this story. Um, It's the last healing miracle of Jesus in Mark's account before the crucifixion and the resurrection. So it's an important one. It's a significant one. Uh, Bible commentator James Edwards points out that Jericho... Uh, that city where all of this took place on the way to Jerusalem for Jesus and the multitudes who were following him. um, Jericho lays claim to being one of the oldest continuously inhabited cities on earth. It's also one of the lowest points. It's kind of near the Dead Sea in that direction. So it's one of the lowest points. Um, Jericho sat, I think it was 902 feet uh, below sea level. And when you think of where they're going, they're going to Jerusalem and Jerusalem uh, sits on a hill about 200, uh five hundred and fifty feet above sea level, so we're talking really in the seventeen miles between Jericho and Jerusalem. And I've I've ridden this in a in a bus uh, six different times, a motor coach with a with with a bunch of pilgrims. And and as you're winding your way up from Jericho to Jerusalem, I mean it's an arduous, uh, winding, steep journey to make it that. What amounts to thirty-five hundred feet uh, ascent, you know, from Jericho, a uh, thousand, almost a thousand feet below sea level, to the the, the city of uh, of Jerusalem. So, right there, um, in that that place where the ancient ruins uh, at the time of Jesus, they were really kind of two Jerichos. There was the ancient ruins from the ancient city of Jericho, probably had a few, just a remnant of people living there. As well, Herod the Great, who um, uh, was alive um, when Jesus was born, and those who followed on his heels, those who worked for Herod the Great, that sort of thing, they had started building a new Jericho, just south of the old Jericho. And the two were kind of close by and and well-connected, I would imagine. And uh, so that's why when you read the different gospel records, one says Jesus was going into Jericho when he healed blind people. The other says he was coming out of Jericho. And I think one of the easy explanations for that, and a very reasonable explanation, is that Jesus may have been coming out of the old Jericho, going into the new Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. That could easily have happened. Um, the other synoptic accounts also uh, have two blind men being healed not just one how do you account for that well that's i think that's even easier than than that you there's two ways to deal with that one is if you come visit me at my house and kim's home too you might go tell your friends hey i went by the thomas's house and had a great chat with kim and forgot all about the fact that i was there um would you be accurate in saying i had a conversation with kim yeah You sure would. Would would it still be accurate even though you left me out of the story? Sure it would be. Yes, of course. You told somebody about the encounter you had as you chatted with Kim, even though I was right there, may have even been standing there, but you and Kim had the conversation. So that's not unusual at all. Another option, of course, would be to say with the gospel records, if we just want to harmonize them, is that Jesus actually healed three people. Who were blind. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised at that at all, given what we've read about Jesus healing so many people lame, blind, demon possessed, even raising a few people from the dead, as we read about in the gospel record. So there's a lot going on here, and it crammed into this little story. Um, But I love Bartimaeus, and I, I really can't wait. Uh, to have an opportunity to have coffee with Bartimaeus someday, in spite of all of the people that might have been following along with Jesus that wanted to shut him up and shut him down, and keep him back from bothering the Savior, um, and that's the way. Sadly, unfortunately, some um, religious folk can sometimes do that. Uh, maybe, maybe that has happened to you. Maybe, maybe this happened to all of us at one point or time. Where rule followers. Um, people who were uh, leaders and just wanted to, everybody to perform properly and in, in, in certain ways, that sort of thing. And we can't, we can't let that bother us. We can see right here, Jesus' arms are open wide. He's not, he's not shaking his head, looking askance at us, like, you know, trying to shame us. He, his arms are open wide. Um, and when, our, when we're aware of our desperate need of, of him, and we cry out, something like Bartimaeus is crying out, son of David, by the way, which which really lets us know that he knows Jesus of the Nazarene. That's who he heard was walking along there. Really lets us know that he, Bartimaeus, had some idea that Jesus was the Messiah. Because to call him son of David, uh, a clear messianic title, um, that's that's. That's really brilliant. That's that's Bartimaeus having some spiritual insight, even though he didn't have the physical eyesight. Um, that's Bartimaeus seeing some things that maybe some of those religious people could not. See, so there it is, that crowded road on, on you know, as Passover is about to happen and there's thousands and thousands of people just going to the Passover, not to mention the hundreds, perhaps thousands that are specifically following Jesus and wanting to crowd in to where Jesus is and Jesus takes time for this one with such great need. I love that about Jesus, his miracles. Um they arouse curiosity. They affirm his identity. They display his power and authority. Um, they reveal his compassion and they inspire worship. And I love the way the story ends here. I love that when Jesus asked the question, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, "Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your, your, your faith has made you whole or well. Immediately he received his sight and began following him. That's brilliant. Mark uses the word immediately 40 times. And I love it that he used one of them here. No therapy, no surgery, no ointments, no medicines. Immediately, Bartimaeus can see. Can you imagine what that might have been like for Bartimaeus? How many times, as he began to follow Jesus... Uh how many times did Bartimaeus say what's that and point to something now that he can see Wow I wonder did Bartimaeus stay with Jesus all the way up as he approached Jerusalem was he was he following along and he saw a bird up in the sky what's that and somebody said that's a bird you know and he goes what's that and and, and uh, Matthew or or, or one of the other disciples that's following Bartholomew Somebody says, well, that's a rock formation Or, or that's a goat Or that's a sheep or whatever And Bartimaeus, what's that? And, and, and one of the other disciples, you know, Philip or Andrew says, That's a woman, you know And on and on, all these things that Bartimaeus might be seeing For the very first time All because of what Jesus had done for him hmm. I love it too that Jesus called him called Bartimaeus to himself. And that the first thing Bartimaeus would have seen when Jesus healed him is the face of Jesus. I wonder if Bartimaeus stayed with Jesus uh, on the day that Jesus actually walked into Jerusalem on the, the, the Palm Sunday Road. I wonder if Bartimaeus stayed with Jesus When Jesus went into the temple and overturned the tables because the religious, self-righteous religious people, the selfish religious people, were making money off the poor by selling doves, the sacrificial animal of the poor, and inflated prices. I wonder if Bartimaeus later would be standing anywhere near the cross. I wonder if Bartimaeus was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And I wonder if Bartimaeus... Is one of the five hundred that would have seen Jesus alive again after he had been crucified and buried, and uh, as he became a part of that event at Pentecost, and 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 the church just grew like wildfire. Bartimaeus a part of all of that. I I just can't wait to 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 get to talk with him when we all get home to glory. G.K. Chesterton is uh, uh, one of my favorite. Uh, authors lived around the same time as uh, C.S. Lewis and had a big impact in the uh, life of C.S. Lewis in his conversion, as a matter of fact. And uh, so he once said, men can always be blind to a thing so long as it is big enough. And here's Jesus, (laughs) the son of God. Um, And so many folk just not seeing him, refusing to see him. I wonder if you've seen him. I wonder if you have heard him call your name, call you to himself. I wonder if in some way you have recognized your own desperate need for him, for his touch, perhaps of healing, or perhaps for um, his forgiveness. Um, uh, C.H. Spurgeon, that great 19th century preacher, in a Sermon called The Blind Beggar actually said, Go to him, meaning Jesus, he will not cast you away. He has never cast out one yet who did venture upon his power and goodness. He doesn't turn us away. Um, doesn't mean he healed everybody who, um, uh, goes to him in prayer like we do we we present people all the time to the lord for prayer um and sometimes the lord uh heals them and it's wonderful it's beautiful it's powerful uh it builds our faith it encourages us sometimes the lord provides courage uh, sometimes the lord strengthens faith sometimes the lord uses our suffering in really powerful ways that honor him, that bring glory to the Lord um, as he pours his glory in and through our lives. And yes, in and through uh, some of the suffering that we must endure um, until he returns to set everything right. And there'll be no more blindness, no more uh, sick and and no more disease, no more death, uh, no more sadness. Looking forward to that uh, one day. The New Testament Gospel of Jesus opens our spiritual eyes to the reasons that we can be grateful as we look back in our day and time. We look backward and thank God for His grace and mercy on offer to us in the person and work of Jesus. When Jesus dying on the cross reconciled all of us sinners. Um, who would turn to him in repentance and faith, believing. We have been reconciled, past, present, future, all of our sins, the price paid for. So we turn to him and we are grateful as we look back. We are also hopeful as we look forward. Why? Well, because our future, our destiny is in the hands of our savior, the one who has defeated the last and greatest enemy, death itself. So we can look forward and be hopeful and trust God. And Jesus, and this good news, this gospel of Jesus, is one of the reasons we can be confident as we look up and seek the Lord in the present moment. Uh, No matter what's going on in the world around us, no matter how crazy it gets or how dark it gets, no matter how difficult the climb or arduous the journey, how desert-like the wilderness that we're going through, we can look up and seek his face and trust him for the strength and the courage and the faith to navigate the journey that we're on right now and for those of you that need a a sense of meaning and purpose in your life we can also look to christ for that as we as we pray to him and ask him to reveal to us ways that we can join him in the mission that he has for us In the world in which we live right now um so often that mission involves me giving away what i think i need um so many folk for instance that that come to a church that walk in they get get mad and offended and walk out because nobody said hello to them and and whenever on those rare occasions whenever i get a chance to talk with those people the first thing i ask them is well did you say hi to anyone else? Did you give away what you need? If you needed to be noticed, if you needed to be encouraged, were you prepared to give away what you need to someone else? Because the Lord might be giving you an awareness of that need so that you can then go and meet serve serve someone else and meet their need. And so few of us think of it that way. But as Christians, we need to look for ways that we can be serving our God for his glory and our neighbors for their good. I'll close with this quote from Thomas Merton. We receive enlightenment only in proportion as we give ourselves more and more completely to God by humble submission and love. I think he's he was right on there. We do not first see and then act. We act, then see. And that is why the man who waits to see clearly before he will believe never starts on the journey. Now That is so true. Bartimaeus he moved before he could see because Jesus says, call him here. Bartimaeus, that's, that's like the big green light that he can't see, but he knows it. He recognizes it, tosses aside his coat, his cloak, it says, jumps up and heads for the voice that said, call him here. And that keen hearing sense of hearing that he had because he didn't have his eyesight is what led him to be able to get right to jesus and jesus of course is exactly what bartimaeus needed more than anything else and i want to say that to myself remind myself as well as all of us um, our greatest need is actually met in the person and work of jesus we need to turn to him over and over and over again i encourage you to do that today and then to be on the lookout for ways that you can actually encourage others be used by god to meet the needs that are all around you and trust me they are all around you in this world in which we live um let's pray lord thank you for this story thank you for bartimaeus um Glad to know the name of one of the ones you touched in this way and um, uh, praise you and thank you for your your gracious kindness toward him. And as we turn to you ourselves, Lord, I pray that um, you would meet the needs of my brothers and sisters that are watching or listening today to this podcast. Uh, Lord, that at every turn in our day, that we would also not only sense your presence in our lives and in our hearts and minds, your hand upon us, um, but also, Lord, that we would begin to follow you and to be like Bartimaeus did and begin to go with you up that steep road around those windy curves on the way to um, the glory that you want to pour through our lives and on into the lives of those around us that makes Jesus so clearly visible to each and every one that they might turn to him in faith, believing as well. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's study. Take a moment
0: to leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. You can stay connected by signing up for our newsletter or follow us on social media. At the Village Chapel, we believe God's word is unique in its source timeless in its truth, broad in its reach, and transforming in its power. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com.